0: Welcome to the Reinvent Relevance podcast. I'm your host, Jason Mutzfeld, Director of Learning at Mehrfeld Career Management. Our show is about what we do to help people who want to take charge of their careers. We call it Reinventing Relevance, embracing change to do the work worth doing. Our topic today is about nonprofits. Now, we often get people who are in their second, third, fourth career. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're adjusting their trajectories and sometimes the topic comes up that they want to do more they want to do more than just earn a paycheck they want to make an impact in the world and that's where nonprofits often come in the nonprofit industry is something we see a lot of clients especially uh, that are have been a, in a profession for a while move into because you get to actually see the benefits of what you're doing helping other people so I brought on a guest today, Danielle Estherhouse. She is the du- executive director at Student Impact, which is a local nonprofit, local to me at least, uh, <laughs> that helps uh, st- students here locally to have an impact. <laughs> and I'm going to let her tell more about you, more about that. Danielle, thank you for joining us. I do appreciate it.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, mm-hmm. Student yeah. Impact. Is, um, is, is an old soul now in Westfield. We've been around about 21 <laughs> years, and uh, that's pretty good for a not-for-profit that started from grassroots here. Um, we mm-hmm. serve students in Westfield from fifth to 12th grade, and the whole goal in Student Impact is to build a relationship that bring hope and healing to students and their families in Westfield. We try to connect people in a solid way where not just when times are rough, but when times are good, that we celebrate together and that we do life together. So one of the best representations that I think that we give is like your best friend's house from high school. Um, When when you go to your best friend's house, you know, people were always there to greet you and you ate together and you talked about life and there was nothing major that you ever did, um, Mm -hmm. you know, transforming, but your whole life was better because you had a place that you knew you could go. Yeah, that's what the rock is. And, and we are located right off um, of the campuses of the intermediate, middle and high school. And that provides us a walking distance to kids. And so that makes it even better that they can come right after school.
0: Yeah, the rock is the space, uh, the house, really. It's what it is. And, and it, you walk into it, you feel like you've walked into somebody's house. I mean, it's there's the, the living room, the dining room, and you feed a lot of you feed a lot of kids there, too, don't you?
1: We do. We feed um, kids every day a meal. Um, This last year, we fed over 3,051 meals to kids after school. So, uh, And they're starving because Mm -hmm. a lot of our kids now are eating at like 1045 in the morning. Mm -hmm. So by the time 3.30 rolls around, I mean, a teenage boy is ready to eat his left arm off. So we provide lasagna in lieu of the arm.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and anyone who's had a teenage boy in their house knows they eat...
1: It's what they, they do. do. <laughs> there is,
0: Yeah, the reason you buy the, have the big box at Costco, of the Totino's Pizza Rolls, there's a reason. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, wh- the re- one of the reasons we brought you on here today was the fact that not a lot of people know this, but you didn't start out to be an executive director of a nonprofit. And a lot of people in nonprofit don't ever start out in nonprofit. Tell us a little bit about your story, because I think people will find it interesting. We always say degree is not destiny. So tell us how what you were doing set you up for success where you are right now?
1: Well, I think it's um, super important that even young people today going into um, any college or career choice or any position know that you're not picking a lifetime career. Um, And I I know, I mean, I'm 51, so that is different than what we were told when we were kids. What you studied (laughs) is what you were going to do. And so, Um, it was hard at first to do that, but I mean, I grew up with a UAW um, sheet metal journeyman dad that hated his job, and so um, I knew that I had never wanted to work in a place that I didn't love, Um, and the way that I was always taught as a kid was, you have to find love in what you do, or you won't love what you do, so it was so important for me to do that, and so when I got out of college um, at Ball State, because I wasn't, super intelligent with the whole SAT thing, Um, couldn't get into any of the great engineering schools. I just knew that I wanted to be an engineer. And so when I got out of school at Ball State, um, I landed a job at Duco Electronics in Kokomo. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was, it was awesome. It gave me a creativity space. And that's when we were just getting ready to start all of this telematics and informatics in cars. And so it was a, it was a real fast paced career, um, working a lot of hours, traveling a lot to Mexico, doing a lot of, of things. And it was perfect for that time in my life. And, and really it, I, I loved being an engineer. I mean, I always loved being an engineer. It was, it was a dream of mine to do, um, secondary of course, to being an astronaut. Which is what I really want. But, you know well, we you all got tell. to eat the
0: ice cream we We, well, we get yeah. to eat the astronaut so you, ice cream. that's as close as we get.,
1: well, and you can't tell because I'm like in my home, but I'm four foot nine and a half. so
0: uh-huh.
1: when I you know I mean, when I stand next to you, jason, i'm a mini me, I guess, but you, you, you know,
0: take up less space in the rocket. That's the important.
1: Astronauts need more space filled than a four foot nine person. So mechanical yeah. engineering was a great thought <laughs> for me. So, but I loved being a mechanical engineer. I loved the yeah. thought of, of designing something and then mm-hmm. it coming true and then seeing something flourish out of it. Yeah. But the entire time that I was a mechanical engineer, I was always working in my youth groups at churches. And I was, mm-hmm. I'm a real like hands on, wanted to be part of something, was a mm-hmm. leader of doing different things in, in the city and in the organization. So I wasn't just putting, hanging my whole hat, I guess, on just being an engineer. I was still very active in my community. Mm-hmm. And and
0: that's important to note is that you don't, these shifts don't just happen overnight. <laughs> you don't just one day to say, well, I've done enough of this. I'm going to go do something else. And, uh, right. well, you may say that internally, but your, your lighting bill says, no, you got to keep at what you're doing for a while yet. So tell us a little bit how you made that shift happen because you went from you know, one career or two is something that was not polar opposite because you'd already had a, a foot in that field through your volunteer experience. And any potential any any coaches yeah. out there know we were always saying volunteer experience will boost your resume more than almost anything else. It,
1: uh, it will. Yeah. How'd you make the shift? So I think the shift came in, in a couple of phases for me. Um the first one was um I married my husband at about 30 and um, decided I wanted to do more work at home kind of thing. So I would work four days a week and then work at home for a day. So it started very slowly with me. And Mm -hmm. while I was working at home, what I noticed was all of the sudden my volunteer um, efforts became easier. Mm -hmm. So anything like I was on a board of directors and so I could take more opportunity on when I was working a little bit from home. Um, I was more available to have a lunch in town, for instance. So it started very slowly that way. The second thing that happened was Delco Electronics had went away and become um, a new company under Delphi. And then, at the point that this happened, I'd already been working, you know fifteen years for for um, for the for the company and they were offering a couple of different things um they were asking people to leave for one mm-hmm. um but the second thing that they were aff- offering was like career counseling for free mm-hmm. for anyone and mm-hmm. i thought i'm kind of one of those people what if i can find out something let's do it if it's mm-hmm. free let's go so i went and i went and had career counseling done and they did all these assessments and it came back and literally said uh, one of the keyest key things that you should be doing is not for profit work, and uh-huh. I just giggled because I was like <laughs> me as a not for profit person that's hilarious um uh-huh. because it's such a different role than what I'd been in but mm-hmm. um but that really was a turn from thinking oh i could I actually have the skill to do this I could so that was the second thing, and then the third thing that happened was I was on some retreat, like with a bunch of women mhm and uh one of the questions that someone asked was if you could do anything and money didn't matter which is important when you're an engineer because we make good money yeah, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would yeah, you do like
0: gold in the handcuffs <laughs> right
1: you know and yeah. so you're you're used to making a very high salary and I, as i said i'd worked at at this position for so long um and i might like off the cuff it was you know what i'd sit and hang out with high school students and just be available for them and i I don't know why, but that came out of my mouth. And then I was like, hmm, I'm on the board for a company that does that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's they were what subliminally
0: me- suggesting it to you. <laughs> right.
1: So that right. that's kind of, it was a three-step process, really. but mm-hmm. And it did happen over a 15-year period. I mean, it yeah. wasn't something that happened overnight. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. And this, those aha moments that truly do, they, they're moments of awakening as the spiritual guru would right. say. You just go, oh, okay, suddenly this, the, everything seems to fall into place. And yeah. they, they are so fantastic when they happen. <laughs> I love it in a coaching session when I get somebody to go, oh, I never thought of that. And a lot of people, that's why they I think that's why they played a lottery, to be honest with you. Yeah. They, want, they want that that that, yeah. that ticket that, oh, look, I now have permission to... Do whatever yeah. I want. And you know, you were lucky enough to know, oh, well, have that come to you. And so so you had worked with Student Impact for a long time and then you just eventually just took it over. So
1: uh was
0: more involved than that. But yeah, yeah, exactly. How did how did you address um people probably looked at you like 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 we said, golden handcuffs? You know, you make good money, you get good benefits. You know, I'm my dad was a UAW journeyman electrician, so I understand some of what you're talking about. Uh so there there was there there's a lot of pushback and social uh constraints saying, look, don't give up a good job. It's a good job, even though it could be a soul sucking hellscape for all <laughs> anyone wow. knows, but it's good. Yeah. It has good paycheck. Uh so so tell me, how did you address, how did you address that when people came to you and said, Are you nuts? <laughs>
1: you know it's a good question because um there's a point i'm a very energetic person very positive generally speaking Mm -hmm. but the last few years at when i was working at the job i could feel the the weight and -hmm. i don't know how to explain that better but i just knew in myself that this was not where i was meant to be Mm -hmm. I'd be happy and as soon as I'd get close to work and I'd start feeling oppressive like and it wasn't that there wasn't a person doing this or anything it just it literally was not fun and and it it wasn't um, you know what you want in a job is something that creates that spark that you're like oh my gosh even though I have to work a lot of hours this is what I want to do that wasn't there anymore Mm -hmm. and And so it was easier to explain to people like, it just wasn't right. But I'll tell you, people question you, when you're making close to six figures and Mm -hmm. you go back, I worked the first three to four years for student impact for free, Mm -hmm. um, because we just didn't have a budget um, for that. And I needed to get it back in place. So uh, I wanted to pay employees and not me. So, you know, I went from that to nothing, right? Very quickly. What a shock. <laughs> it was a big shock. But I'll tell you that, you know, there's, we had done things well in that mm-hmm. even though we were, I was making a good amount of money, we were saving a good amount of money. Yeah. Like my retirement fund is still from when I worked and I haven't worked there for several years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I had saved. And yeah. um, I also found out that when you're not traveling 30 minutes to and from work and when you're not doing all this other stuff, You can wear your shorts and t-shirts to work so there were a lot of less expenditures that needed to happen you know and so because of that i was happier because i could be around people i could really engage in my city and when i started being able to prove to people that what i was doing was meaningful work and they could see the passion in me there was no conversation about why i'd made the change because they could see the passion
0: Exactly. Yeah, that that level of engagement, you know, Gallup was always talking about engagement and, and the, how people are so frequently disengaged at work. Yes. Well, I always say engagement is just a fancy business word for do you care? Do That's you even right. want to be here? Do you want to be here? And and when yes. you just reach that point where you don't want to be there, I, I hope there's a, a, a psychology graduate student out there looking for a thesis idea or a dissertation idea. Yeah,
1: this would be so great.
0: Yeah, well, what is a soul-sucking job, and how do you define it? Because it's different for everybody, but I, I have that commonality. Uh, I hate to tell everyone. Excuse me, everyone. We're going to have to interrupt for a moment while I move a cat. There's a giant orange <coughs> cat here. So those of you watching the, the video portion of the podcast will be – that was Gordon. He is our IT director. Uh- <laughs> Oh, anyway, it's, it's, it's always, when you have cats and pets, it always, Zoom calls are always fun. Uh, So, so what sort of advice would you give somebody that, that it was in a similar situation to you that that I've been in? You know, look, I just, I'm not feeling it. And I'm thinking of going into nonprofit work. What advice would you give someone, one, looking to get out and number two, looking to get out specifically into nonprofit?
1: Well, I think there's two things that I always tell people. The first one is it has to really rock your boat. Like Mm -hmm. not profit work is, I work 70 hours a week as an engineer Mm -hmm. and it felt like 70 hours a week, 70 hours a week in a not-for-profit feels like 110 sometimes because it's, it's so emotional. Typically speaking, you're dealing with people, people that are hurting, people that have emotions. So you have to be able to have the time to do it. That's the first thing. But the second thing is be super careful about starting a not-for-profit. I really, really, really encourage you. There are so many fantastic not-for-profits that are out there that may already exist that can just really use somebody to take them to the next level. Um, yes. Don't go out and try to start a food pantry. There there are so many. Um, and go research all of them do that kind of thing uh you're smart because you're going to change your career right so do your research up front you don't want to start a not-for-profit to be competitive in your own community that's full insanity so that's Mm -hmm. the other big thing but um really i'll tell you what i did with student impact and how i made the change i went and talked to every person that i would be um connecting with and said Mm -hmm. what is it that i can do to help you mm. what, what 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 can i do that would make your job better and easier in this community what would you like people to know about westfield high school about um the lions club about the rotary about mm. the city of westfield about you know all of these things so i went and talked to all those people and then set forth from there deciding how does that job look like mm. can i do what they need me to do mm-hmm. right because nobody needs a specific thing that only one person can provide we all need a vast majority of things and so not-for-profit work can be very specific but it always intertwines with that wheel um of of community and of support and and of all that so uh, the first thing i would do is talk to all those people i literally sit with the mayor um frequently uh, Mm -hmm. every I don't know, four, four, four to five weeks and talk about like, what's going on? And where do you see the city going? And how can we support you? But then what that turns into is the mayor then saying, hey, this is, the, this is what we're seeing crime-wise, or this is what we're seeing here. And then you can really turn and engage into what the actual need is into other not-for-profits. Oh yeah. It
0: know, it's knowing your audience. It truly is. It's knowing who you're trying to serve and that level of networking cannot be understated the value of that. That, that is, that is no. so, so spot on. So, well, that's about all we have for today. Is there anything else you wanted to say about uh, student impact and, and the work you're
1: doing? You know, I just want to tell people that the one thing that I think that I missed when I was in the business world, not, not as an executive director in a not-for-profit is that I didn't completely understand how much you can bring joy to your team that you work with, how you can bring camaraderie in just simple serving projects. Um, and, and one of the things that, that I've learned in the not-for-profit world is that we can keep people engaged in your business longer by allowing them to serve together. Mm. It gives people a purpose, and so I would really encourage people to just do little things. Like I don't. This week on Monday, we're working with a group that are making little homeless kits. Mm. Um, you know, toothpaste, toothbrush, and then we donate them. But the twelve or fifteen people that come together to do that really that makes a memory for them. They're doing something for the betterment of their community. Um, and I think we miss that so often in like the engineering world because we're so focused on data. But yeah, I mean, I do that. Trust me, my, my yeah. staff ate my little charts and Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> but uh, you know, some things will never change. But when you can bring people together to serve a common goal, Man, it really it really makes people happier. They feel more passionate. They feel more engaged and they feel worthy. And we all want to be worthy. So I just encourage people to to connect with some kind of local not for profit um, and just ask them, can we I don't know, can we do a cleaning supply run for you or what could we do in our office that we can bring people together to do? Exactly.
0: Yeah. It's that putting that story to that spreadsheet, (laughs) you know, put a face on the metrics. So, well, thank you, Danielle. I do appreciate you stopping by today. And for everyone, uh, I'm going to put a link to their nonprofit. Please feel, uh, stop by, check it out. Uh, We we do, actually, do you want to, do you want to say that what's the website name? So
1: in case they want to look it up? Sure. The website is therockwestfield.org.
0: Okay. therockwestfield.org. So, all right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I do appreciate you stopping by, taking a chance to listen, time to listen. Uh, If you want to find out more about how we can help you uh, reach your next career level, please check out our website, merfeld.com, M-E-R-R-F-E-L-D.com. Reach out to us on LinkedIn. uh, Send us an email. Drop us a line. We'd love to meet new people and chat with you. So we hope everyone has a great week. Uh, Stay safe, and we will talk to
1: you soon.